Welcome back to our journey through the Bhagavad Gita. We are reading this thing and discussing it <laughs> as we go through. So um, today we are on chapter two, verse 19. I'm here with Chichenichuran Prabhu and um, Balaram. Balaram, you threw us off today with, with your name tag, he says Powell. But uh, here with Balaram. And we are right at the part where Krishna is coming in and giving Arjuna kind of a broader perspective of of why it's appropriate to to fight. And um yeah, in that, you wanna take us into it, Susie? Yeah, sure. So in the previous text, till now we've discussed about how Krishna is elaborating on the concept of the soul and in this text 219, he talks about what the implication of understanding the soul is in terms of causality and responsibility. Your turn, Rana. Okay. Neither he who thinks the living entity the slayer, nor he who thinks it slain, is in knowledge. For the self slays not, nor is slain. Whew, that one's a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. So, now here, this verse is among the not just confusing, but it can also be misunderstood and misleading verse. But we have to look at it in context. See, the previous verse said that essentially the soul is indestructible, whereas the body is inevitably destructible, not just destructible, but inevitably destructible. We cannot avoid the destruction of the body. And therefore, the point was, therefore act, focus on the soul. Focus on what will elevate the soul. And then, so then, if one understands that the soul is indestructible, Then the question comes, if somebody thinks, okay, there are two people, now I'm, I'm just putting the soul outside, the soul is inside the person, but just for conception thing, you know, I am killing, or I am being killed. Now here, two people may be thinking like this, and those who are thinking like this, if this is a thought bubble of this person, a thought bubble of this person, Krishna is saying both these conceptions are ignorant. They are reflective of ignorance because the soul is not, not killed. The soul is in, indestructible. Now this, the idea that the soul can be killed this is a misconception because when we talk about I, 
Uh, what is the I that we are referring to? Hmm. The I is normally speaking when we see we refer to the body. But once we understand that I actually refers to the soul. So you can say normal conversational is I. But at a philosophical level, the I is the soul. At a philosophical, introspective, more educated level. So the so the body, when the body is being destroyed, the soul is not killed. And therefore, I am killing. It's not just killing. Arjuna is I, uh, that person or this person. I put it this way. I am killing this person. When the things like this, actually, that person is not being killed. If you look at the context of the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavad Gita is spoken to Arjuna, who is a warrior. And our warrior is primarily a protector. But a protector means while protecting the innocent, the civilians, one has to fight and one also has to kill. So Arjuna's reservation, the protection invo inevitably involves killing. Hmm. Not always, but sometimes. A protector cannot be cannot be paranoid about killing. Hmm. Hmm. It won't work. Can't be paranoid about killing. So the and Arjuna's problem, Arjuna's hesitation had not been about killing per se. Hmm. It was killing in this particular war. That is not the case at all. It was not. It was not killing. It was killing in this war. Arjuna had fought many wars before. And he had fought. Now it is not that he got glee in killing anyone. That was not the point. But it is definitely required for him that he fight killing in this war against these opponents he was very hesitant about the ethics so sometimes uh, our, we have discussed this broad misconception that Arjuna was considered to be a peace loving person and Krishna was a person who incited him to war well a warrior a warrior a protector the, the Sanskrit word is Kshatriya mm. The way I like to translate it is a Kshatriya is a martial guardian of society. So they have to use force to guard society. Now, such martial guardians, you know, they they are they are meant for peacekeeping. See, there is peacekeeping, there is peace loving. Hmm? And There is peace fanatical. And these three are two different things. No. Peacekeeping is what warriors are meant to do. Well, peace loving, okay. They, they don't want war. But as far as peace fanatical is concerned, definitely not. Peace fanatical means that there should never be any war at any cost at all. There should never be any violence. Well, that just doesn't work. Hmm? There was a an influential Indian leader 
who tried to interpret the bhagavad gita to say that actually the whole war here is metaphorical mm-hmm. and he had the idea that the bhagavad gita actually teaches non violence and peace now in his own way he was he was an exalted person he was an influential leader but then now peace fanatic uh, somebody like peace fanatical means peace at all costs no matter what happens now the problem with that idea is twofold first is you could say in principle and the other is in practice hmm now if somebody's peace is in principle you know war is unavoidable in the world sometimes so why is it unavoidable because there are vicious people not everybody's heart can be turned by forgiveness and kindness and because vicious or evil people do exist now now we may say everybody is reformable okay they may be reformable but till they get reformed if they are going on a killing spree you cannot stop uh, you cannot just let them go on and wait so the fact is that even when say the united nations as a peacekeeping force when they want to keep peace their purpose is very clear keeping peace but sometimes they have to fight for that so now in terms of practice uh, when the nazis were on a killing spree during the holocaust they were destroying the jews so this particular leader he told the nazis that the jews that they should never raise weapons against the nazis they should just appear appeal to the good sense of uh, the heart of the nazis now somehow the at that time what had happened unfortunately unfortunately was the nazis had been so indoctrinated by ideology that they just didn't accept it they just that re- they, they would just have slaughtered and of course jews were slaughtered at that time so now in practice we could say that that peace or non violence that can and should be a strategy you could say even a preferred or a pri- preferred strategy let's try to resolve things peacefully always preferred strategy that is perfectly fine and it's not only fine it's essential but if you make it an absolute non negotiable principle that will lead to societal destruction if for example the politicians start say so sorry the police say start saying or the border the military starts saying oh we will not use weapons well criminals or invaders will destroy the country so here the point the two points which we are discussing first is that arjuna was not in principle against violence now that might make us uncomfortable but in principle the idea is violence can be the last resort but it has to be a resort 
that it cannot we cannot rule it out in advance so arjuna's concern was not about violence per se it was about violence in this particular war so so now if you consider use of violence we could use a pendulum this is the violence is the if somebody thinks looks at it as the first solution is use force use dominate people beat people up but that is definitely undesirable this will if somebody does this they will themselves become brutal they will become like terrorists and eventually you cannot keep doing this for a long time there will be a revolt and there will be eventually huge destruction mm? on the other hand mm, it's never to be done then essentially what will happen is mm, the brutal people brutal will gain power and eventually will be atrocities they will do and nobody will be there to challenge the atrocities so in between the idea is that if we consider there is occasional mm -hmm. so it is it is one among many one among many strategies to ultimately keep peace and generally it should be the last resort to actually use it but it has to be there without that a country cannot function so the point here is when we are as arjun so violence is not what arjun was against but when violence is done without any compunction Uh, arjuna had compunction specifically because he was fighting against his relatives over here and not just relatives venerable elder he was thinking about the bigger picture of the destruction of the dynasty so we will discuss that but any reflections at this point so you're saying that this verse is used a lot to justify violence and what what you're saying is that violence that that there's that that's that the partial truth is that we don't want to rely on violence as a solution but but we have to understand that sometimes it's a necessity to to protect the vulnerable and that's more that's really what the bhagavad gita teaches mm, yeah necessary to protect the vulnerable yes this is agreed fully that's the point and actually right now we not even come to the teaching of the bhagavad gita just giving a background in the context the gita, oh. there are verses in the bhagavad gita where krishna also talks about ahimsa non violence there are few verses where he talks about that as a virtue hmm? but here we are talking about what is the verse mean one who kills or one who is one who kills someone or one who thinks i have been killed both of them are ignorance we are discussing that verse so is it a license for indiscriminate killing no it is not a license hmm. why because 
the whole gita is spoken to a person who is hesitating to fight and he is deliberating what to do and krishna it's a it's a different point krishna is not saying that because the soul is eternal therefore you can kill anyone at any time whenever you want that is not the implication it is if you have a spiritual vision then we understand that this person's life is this person's existence is not being extinguished and if i am thinking that i am extinguishing this person's existence then i am in ignorance so soul's eternality that is the soul soul's eternality implies that existence is never extinguished this is why and, this is yeah. why arjuna's arjuna's uh character or his qualities of compassion and love this is why it it was a qualification for him to receive this spiritual knowledge huh because it showed that he that he saw people in in that way yeah right so he is he's far sighted he's reflective and that reflection is being that reflectiveness is being uh, addressed over here gradually balram any points so krishna's kind of chastising arjuna again no because he's just said i'm killing all these people i can't i can't kill my relatives and now krishna's saying you're not killing anybody that right? is people who say that they are killing are are wrong was your point yeah chastising would be a bit strong and you could use that word indirectly it's to that if a sir if somebody think that a surgeon is killing people well not really that's not what you're doing so it is sometimes we use the word there are different words you know i think just if you want a spectrum reproach is a word chastise is a word condemn is a word mm. so i would say it's more of a reproach rather than a chastisement just as almost like a stick and beating up a person reproach is more like a, a formal expression of disapproval hmm? Hmm. so yeah i think yeah. of it like like when i was a kid and my grandma she lived out of state she'd come to visit and when she'd leave i would be so upset like distraught and my mom would like have to have to to my mom who saw the bigger picture would have to tell me like it's okay you're going to see your grandma again it's all going to be okay but like cuz i was so young and my vantage point my vision was so small i didn't i couldn't grasp that but my mom she could grasp it she understood that we were going to see my grandma again and it was all going to be okay it's kind of like this like krishna comes in and arjuna's so upset that he's killing his relatives but he's he's on the bodily platform and that's like his 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 vision of life and arjuna is just like he has a broader vision he sees from the soul's broader life perspective so he can he can he tries to communicate that to arjuna like it's it's okay you're not you're not killing you're not killing um the the when you kill a body you're not killing the the person and he's trying to communicate yeah. to that from his broader perspective yes i think yes true that's krishna doing that to arjuna now when somebody is to be their emotions are to be calmed they are to be consoled 
so what is actually being done in this particular verses it's saying that you in that one who thinks that i am killing this person or other person thinks i am being killed ubhavtau navijani to that they are neither of them know so what do they not know they are not seeing the full picture the full picture is so krishna will talk about our existence in two broad terms to understand our existence we have to understand its depth and its length so depth means that that we normally see only the body but when we look at the depth sorry when we look at the the depth then we will see beyond the body to the soul so there is there is the body but beneath the body or beyond the body invisible to the body is the soul and this is the deeper vision so krishna is giving arjuna the deeper vision over here to explain that that actually the soul is not being killed and then now okay the soul is not being killed then what happens to the soul that's the next question that then that, that will be addressed subsequently where the body is here and the soul it is in this with this body for some time but then the soul decouples with the body soul came before from somewhere and the soul will go somewhere afterwards so that is what will be discussed in the next text that we talk about the what does the eternality of the soul mean so to think that when the body is destroyed the person is destroyed is a sign of ignorance and that is why the the point that arjuna is making over here is that krishna is making is that do not act with ignorance if you see this is linking back krishna is there is the call back or reference back sometimes sometimes there is in a movie or a book somebody makes a point and that refers to an earlier point so now we are in text 20 so in, in the first text krishna uh, so we we are right now in text 19 so arjuna arjuna had been told by krishna that you are speaking learned words but you are your emotions are not learned hmm? you have speaking learned words but your actions your emotions and actions they are not very informed they are not not learned they are not wise so that same point is being said over here not a knower those who talk about those who say that the soul is being killed they are not knower so this is a this is a correlation between these two verses and the point that is being made over here is at learn to see with a more informed vision with a more uh, a more educated vision the the gita we often talk about this world the that the sanskrit word is gyana chakshu it basically means the eyes of knowledge you know the eyes of knowledge means that one sees not just uh, 
a child sees maybe a doctor giving an injection as a doctor causing me pain but a mother sees that the doctor is actually saving my child from pain so eyes of knowledge can change our vision of things if an injection for a child is the source of pain so but for the mother who has greater knowledge it is the source of re re relief from or freedom from protection from bigger pain so how with knowledge our vision changes that's the theme that will be elaborated by krishna subsequently but that's what is being alluded to so that is all that is being said over here that you're not going to kill the person any reflections before i summarize thank you balram no problem please go ahead okay thank you so the first point we discussed here is that in this verse when krishna says that not a killer or not killed that is emphasizing primarily the soul that soul is the real person and that is never killed or destroyed now in connection with that the second point we discussed elaborately was what does the indestructibility of the soul imply does it refer to soul indestructible does it mean in does it is a license for indis, uh, for indiscriminate violence not at all hmm is it a license for indiscriminate violence not at all why because we will discuss this a little bit more because uh, violence is necessary violence so basically we discuss the role of violence it is occasionally if somebody says always first for the first resort it is a problem it is never a resort that's also a problem it is one among several strategies then it's okay ultimately one has to maintain peace so the gita certainly is not a not teaching non violence nor is the gita teaching violence Hmm? we'll talk about what the gita is ultimately teaching you know that essentially i'll elaborate this in a future session but basically the gita is not teaching non violence non violence the gita is not teaching violence the gita is actually teaching transcendence that we have a higher philosophical vision of reality and that transcendence means that what is the transcendence that we discussed is that see with knowledge the eyes of knowledge and how that can change the way we look at things so changing means we see the depth of existence and we see the length of existence so the depth is that the soul continues to exist beyond the body and it exists beneath the body and exists beyond the body so beneath the body is what was focused on in this text 
Thank you very much.